Hey hockey fans, with the hockey season now officially underway, it's about time for all of that hockey content to return to its rightful place, and that's why this is a podcast specifically designed for hockey fans like you. So whether you're driving to work and need some help getting ready for your team before they drop the puck, or driving to the school to learn something new in life, Make On the Ice and Behind the Benches a part of your daily routine on Tuesdays and join me as your host on the podcast as we dive deeper into all hockey conversations with experts who know the game, former hockey players, coaches, and of course, everyone's worst enemy, the referees. So get ready for exclusive fantastic, entertaining, fun hockey content on this podcast, and join me, your host, Thomas McGregor, but co-host of the Sports for Beginners podcast, as we take this journey together on everything and anything in the hockey world. On the Ice and Behind the Benches is the neighboring podcast to a Sports for Beginners podcast that airs episodes every Thursdays, but for us, we air episodes every Tuesdays. And for more information, please visit the Facebook page of our neighboring podcast, the Sports for Beginners podcast Facebook page to be exact. I'm so excited to begin this journey with you, and I hope you hockey fans, old, new, fan or no fan are ready to join me on this journey as well. That's On the Ice and Behind the Benches with your host, Thomas McGregor, myself, every Tuesdays on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, including Spotify. And if you want early access to early episodes of the podcast upload, you can visit anchor.fm as soon as the episode has already been uploaded onto your favorite podcasting platform should there be any delays to its launch that's anchor.fm for early access on on the ice and behind the benches episodes before they hit your platform we are currently available on spotify and air episodes every tuesday We've got post and reaction content now, but I am excited to join to have you join me on this journey. So don't miss it. And remember, on this podcast, nobody gets icing. Welcome to Sports for Beginners, the podcast. I am your host, Scott McGregor. Today, we are going to be giving a Super Bowl hockey recap of Penguins hockey regarding the Pittsburgh Penguins. We will take a quick commercial break and come back with, after an introduction, We will come back with my thoughts on the game. Mike Sullivan, head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, 
Ricard Raquel, Sidney Crosby, and Christopher Letang. Coming up as well, we will also hear we will also hear from Los from the Los Angeles Kings. But we will take a quick commercial break before we get to all of that. And I will be right back with you. For more information, you could visit https colon slash slash sports for beginners zero dot wordpress dot com. And you could send us an email at sports for beginners podcast eighty two thirty one at gmail dot com. Our recap on sports for beginners is coming up. Are you looking for excellent sports content from media and fan perspectives alike? Check out All Over the Map with me, Ali Musa, where we discuss anything and everything in the world of sports media and beyond. We will even feature non-sports broadcasters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, please visit HTTP colon slash slash alitechgroup.wordpress.com The Pittsburgh Penguins are recapped here on the Sports for Beginners podcast. And now, we welcome you in to Penguins Postgame with your host, Scott McGregor. Ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building. Let's get you back into the studio now with Scott to take us in to Penguins Postgame. Welcome back to the studio. I am your host, Scott McGregor. The Penguins fall 6-0 to to the Los Angeles Kings. And the numbers when the Penguins play back-to-back games are not good. Paul Staggerwald and Brian Metzer of the Penguins Radio Network put it put it best so before we get into anything uh unfortunately we don't have so far we don't have uh LA Kings post game stuff but we do have something 
that I'd love to listen to actually prior to the game beginning. And that is Dustin Brown. The, the King's legend, Dustin Brown, had his jersey retired. So let's take a listen to, before we get into anything, let's, get, let's take a listen to the opening ceremony before the puck, before puck drop. And if we take a quick break after that, we will get right into the opening segment right after that. But this is an extended version of an opening segment on Penguins Post Recap is what we are doing, even though the intro that you probably heard earlier says Penguins Post Game. We are doing it a few hours after the game went final. Not a good one for the Penguins. Not a good one. I will be back with you in just a few minutes. But first, I want the attention right now on Dustin Brown and the ceremony before the game. So here it is. Dustin Brown, number 23 of the LA Kings, getting his jersey retired at the home of the LA Kings. Crypto.com Arena. Make sure I have that correctly here. Yeah, crypto Crypto.com Arena is where it was happening. We will be right with you after the ceremony. Or, or at least a bit of that ceremony. Here it is. Someone whose achievements stand with the greatest to ever wear the King's jersey. Someone whose leadership, style of play, and character represent everything this organization stands for. Number 23, Dustin Brown. Participating in tonight's ceremony are Dustin's family, many of his former teammates, and five other individuals have had their careers honored with banners that hang above us here at Crypto.com Arena. To start things off, please welcome Dustin's family, his mother, Sharon Chambliss. And her four children. Kate, Cooper, Mason, and McKenzie. Also with us tonight are some of Dustin's former teammates. Please welcome. He scored one of the biggest goals in franchise history in overtime of game two of the 2012 playoffs. Welcome forward, Jeff Carter. He spent 12 years with the Kings organization and scored a goal every kid dreams of scoring 
the overtime clincher in 2014, defenseman Alec Martinez. A member of the 2014 Stanley Cup team who spent eight seasons with the Kings. Welcome back defenseman Jake Muzzin. Another core member of the Kings, two Stanley Cups. Always tough to play against. Forward, Kyle Clifford. Two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Kings. Welcome forward, Jared Stoll. Alternate captain for both Stanley Cup teams, defenseman Matt Green. Won two Stanley Cups in his career, one in Pittsburgh and one with the Kings in 2012. Defenseman Rob Scuderi. Former Kings captain played 780 games with the Kings. Defenseman Matthias Nordstrom. Also joining us for tonight's ceremony are five individuals who've been honored in the past with banners that hang here in the rafters. One of the franchise's first star players. His number 30 hangs in the Raptors. Number 18 hangs above us as well. The highest scoring right wing in club history, Dave Taylor. No one scored more goals as a king. Number 20 hangs above us. All of favor and current team president. Let's hear it. Blue. One of the most dominant defensemen of his era. Current Kings general manager and Hall of Famer. Number four, Rob Blake. For 44 seasons, it was behind the microphone. Always has been, always will be, the voice of the Kings, Hall of Famer. And now to introduce tonight's honoree. All right, what is your name? Dustin Brown, I'm from Ithaca, New York. Before we both storm.
led by number 23, Dustin Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, Dustin Brown has been a pillar for his team on the ice and also a pillar in the LA community. His accomplishments are many and his impact on others is immeasurable. Off the ice, Dustin and his wife, Nicole, have been at the forefront in the areas of community activism, youth development, and social influence, helping lead the King's Drive to have the most meaningful and positive impact of any sports organization in Los Angeles. On four occasions, he was named recipient of the Jim Fox Community Service Award. He also was awarded the Daryl Evans Youth Hockey Award. He received the 2011 NHL Foundation Player Award and in 2014 garnered the Marc Messier Leadership Award. Quite a resume indeed. And we haven't even mentioned what he did on the ice. Here we go. Drafted by the Kings in the first round in 2003. He made his NHL debut October 9th, 2003 against Detroit. In 2008, at the age of 23, he would become the youngest captain in club history and the first U.S. born captain. He would play four seasons, 18, and more games, 1,296, than anyone in franchise history. He finished top five in King scoring 10 times. He was a two-time team MVP, five times voted the most popular player, and three times was named the most inspirational player. On the international stage, he played for Team USA at the World Juniors, World Championships, and the 2010 Olympic Games, where he won a silver medal. Now, what has made Dustin so unique is that these achievements were accomplished all while combining his skill with a lot of physicality. And I mean a lot. Dustin's bruising style of play was second to none. He led the NHL in hits during his 18 seasons with 3,632. Ouch. And then there were the playoffs. In 2012, in the Kings' remarkable run to their first cup, he co-led the league in playoff scoring with his longtime teammate, and line mate, Andre Kopitar, while also leading the playoffs in goals and hits. Just ask Henrik Sadiq. On June 11, 2012, Dustin stood right where we stand tonight, accepted the 36-pound Stanley Cup trophy from Commissioner Gary Bettman, and as if it were weightless, he launched it to the sky for the very first time. This championship scenario would play out again two years later in 2014. During that run, Dustin would score six goals and 14 points 
and won game two of the final with an overtime goal against the New York Rangers. He was once again a very physical presence with a league-high 125 hits. Throughout his career, his physical play and intensity brought an element of toughness to his team. Toughness that defined the idea. All right, all right. So that's a bit of the Dustin Brown ceremony. We're going to get to his raising banner, but just for the sake of time, we are now going to get in to what really matters, why we really came on. Well, okay. So Crypto.com Arena is where this all went down. And if you listen to our weekly in sports stuff, the YouTube channel that we have, because we are going to be going on YouTube, will be up or is up and running, but the episode will be in parts. So just for your viewing, your viewing pleasure, we will have those for you soon. It will all be in parts regardless on how it was recorded to what we are talking about since we don't have post game from the kings we will only hear from the penguins tonight but regardless we're going to hear from some people we are going to hear from dustin brown as we continue on a special edition of penguins recap because Dustin's number was retired and now it hangs in the rafters of Crypto.com Arena. Let's get into it. We, we spent most of this opening segment already with a little bit of that ceremony. We're going to get to the remainder of that ceremony throughout the throughout the uh, throughout our show so if you love listening to retire listening to seg- listening to shows that have these types of segments or these types of clips in the show as we were hearing a we were hearing a great deal about what Dustin Brown did for the LA Kings as a member of the LA Kings. And you heard the man, you heard when they were being introduced, especially when Dustin's family was being introduced, that some of the players who actually are are still playing the game of hockey are with the Penguins, a notable Jeff Carter. Another Rob Skidari. Yes, there there is a couple of there is a couple of things to get to here. Lots of great people were at the game, including Bob Miller, the voice of the LA Kings, the radio voice of the LA Kings or broadcasting voice of the LA Kings. Uh, Bob Miller, I I hope that maybe if you have some time, we will 
we will see if we can maybe get you on the get you on the program to talk a little bit kings so you can reach me at sports for beginners podcast 8231 at gmail.com again that is sports for beginners podcast 8231 at gmail.com to the scoring summary to get to get it all out of the way here Jarrett Anderson Dolan begins a what begins to me what looked like a party on the retirement day of retiring number 23 for Dustin Brown and not only that he has a statue outside the arena 228 was the timing of Jarrett Anderson Dolan's seventh goal of the season and that quickly made it Kings one, Penguins zero. Alexander Edler, sixth assist of the season for that. Rasmus Capri, fifth assist of the season on the goal as well. Alex Ayafalo, eighth goal of the season, 17 minutes and 47 seconds later. Rasmus Capri, sixth assist of the season on that. Kevin Falea. 36th assist of the season for him. And then Andre Kempe, one minute, 58 seconds into the second period when it's already 2-0 Kings over Penguins. Adrian Kempe, first of four goals for Adrian at 158 to go in the second period, his 23rd goal of the season, assisted by Anze Kopitar. 28th assist of that of the season for Anze Kopitar. He grabs his 30 and his 29th on the other two goals before Anze Kopitar, before Adrian Kempe finished the game off at 15.09 in the third period. Going to get to those in a moment. On the first goal, the other assist goes to Quinton Quinton Byfield, his eighth assist of the season. Drew Doughty on the third goal of on the third goal, Adrian scored at at 14.27. That's Doughty's 31st assist of the season, and that's on the power play. On the second goal, Adrian Kempe scored at 518. His 24th goal, 24th goal of the season. His 25th was when Kopitar grabbed his 30th assist of the season. And Drew Doughty, his 31st assist, his 31st assist of the season. Adrian Kempe. 25th goal of the season at 1427, 24th goal of the season at 518. And Mikey Anderson is is the recipient of the second assist on that goal, his 11th assist of the season. Kopitar had his, Kopitar had his 29th assist of the season in that goal. 30 assists for 
or on the year for Anzai Kopitar. On Adrian Kempe's 25th goal of the season at 14:27 in the second period, Drew Doughty, 31st assist of the season on the power play. And at the 14:27 mark of the second period. Adrian Kempe, fourth and final goal of the night, second of the power second, second goal on the power play at 15 minutes and nine seconds. 26th goal of the season for him. Kevin Falea grabs his third. 37th assist of the season, and Drew Doughty grabs his 32nd assist of the season. So it was quite a night for the former, now retired, number 23, Dustin Brown. And one night cannot be complete without some penalties. So the first penalty goes to the man that scored most of the goals for the LA Kings, Adrian Kempe. 346, he goes two minutes for elbowing at 346. Kevin Falea at 247 in the second period. Two minutes interference, the call. Sean Walker, 1117, he is called for high sticking in the second period. And then the Penguins get a get a number of penalties at 1401 Ryan Paling 2 minutes for hooking. 1759 Pierre Oliver Joseph 2 minutes for cross checking. Those were the two penalties and only penalties the Penguins took in the second period. In the third period they took a total of Five penalties. First, it was Evgeny Malkin at 6.52. Two minutes for slashing. Then Sidney Crosby at 9.46. He gets a game misconduct. A 10-minute penalty for game misconduct. And 10 minutes game misconduct as well. Or say for misconduct. So he gets a game misconduct and a misconduct all in one moment at 946. He would have to leave the game. Mikey Anderson also getting a game misconduct at this time, 946 in the third. And he also got a penalty. Two minutes for cross-checking. So both Crosby and Mikey Anderson. Go for game misconduct at 946. 13.09, the Penguins take another penalty. Another penalty. Excuse what I did there. 13.09, another penalty to the Penguins, and it's Pierre Oliver Joseph, his second penalty of the night. Two minutes for tripping. Marcus Pedersen follows suit with a cross-checking penalty at 14-12. And then Alexander Edler 
1646 goes he goes for booking well this game was a fun one if you're an la kings fan not so much fun if you're the penguins but it's okay we got we got one more late game to do and we at least got off to a good start with a emotional win over the Colorado Avalanche in Pittsburgh to bring us on the right path out of the, out of the All-Star break. We'll get to a reminder of what that final score was of what that final score was a little later as well as what the final score was for the previous game where the Penguins defeated the Ducks to take the series. I believe the final of that was 6-3. to three. Yes, it was. So again, an emotional two to one overtime win over the Avalanche. Six three win over the Ducks. And then the back to back unfortunately ends in a loss to the Los Angeles Kings in front of 18,230 fans in attendance. Caleb Apperson and Kale Murchison were your linesmen. Murchison were your linesmen. Your referees for this game at Crypto.com Arena, Kendrick Nicholson and Garrett Rank. Your three stars coming up. But before we get to that, let's go over the summary of stat. We'll start with the blocks shots and the Kings block 22 of Pittsburgh's 25 shots. The Penguins blocked 11 of LA's 31 shots on goal. So there we go. Shots on goal are 25 and 31 in favor of the Kings. The Penguins had had 20 hits. The Kings, 19 hits. Kings won 23 face-offs, and the Penguins won 27. The Penguins did not score on any of their five opportunities. The, the Kings did score on two of their five opportunities, the Penguins 0 for 5, the LA Kings 2 for 1, or sorry, 2 for 5, 2 for 5, excuse me, not, not 2 for 1, 2 for 5. The Kings spent 20 minutes in the penalty box, while, while the Penguins spent 30 minutes in the box. The Penguins took the took the puck away from L.A. twice. L.A. did the same thing. They took the puck away from the Penguins twice. The Penguins gave the puck gave the puck away 
to LA twice. But LA gave the puck away to Pittsburgh three times. Again, the block shots, 22 of 25 shots that the Penguins had were blocked by LA. And 11 of 31 of LA shots were blocked by Penguins players. Three stars are now. And as we bring you our, and as we bring you our drop, we will talk to you with the three stars to round out the opening segment right after the drop. It's time for the three stars of tonight's contest. Once again, back to the Sports for Beginners studio with your host, Scott McGregor. That is me. Welcome back into the studio here. We are not using a shared screen, but we are going to bring you everything regardless for this edition of the show. So, Phoenix Copley, Copley is 16-3-1. He is the winning goaltender. The, the GWG goes to Jared Anderson Dolan and Casey DeSmith, who started this game but did not finish it, is getting the loss. He is 9-11-4. The three stars of the game. Your third star is number twenty, not number twenty-nine of the LA Kings with a save percentage of a thousand and twenty-five saves on no goals allowed. Phoenix Copley. Your second star, three assists, no goals, plus two. Total ice time, 17 minutes and 26 seconds. It's on it's number 11, Andai Kopitar. And your first star, well deserved, number nine, with four goals. No assists, plus two, and a total ice time of 17 minutes and 45 seconds. Adrian Kempe is your first star. Adrian Kempe, Anze Kopitar, and Phoenix Copley. A three-headed monster for the LA Kings. And we are going to bring you the shake of the game, the game pucks of the game, with Mike Sullivan. As mentioned, Ricard Raquel and Sidney Crosby and Christopher Latang are, uh, they are up next. But as we continue and as we go out of this segment, we're going to bring you 
more from the ceremony of Dustin Brown's number 23 retirement. It now hangs in the rafters, in the rafters of Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles. Let's send you back to that as we take a break. We'll be back with the shake of the game and game pucks of the game. Three stars are in the books. The look ahead plus Mike Sullivan, Christopher Latang, Ricard Raquel, and Sidney Crosby. All coming up. As we take a break, here's more from the ceremony before the game in L.A. Identity of the L.A. Kings and translated to winning hockey. When I was a junior, I was more of a power forward goal scorer, but then I realized, oh, this is a different animal up here. I got to do something. Oh, my God. So had this thing, whereas if it's the first game I'm playing against you, I'm going to hit you every single time. We had some good confrontations against each other, and, and yet there isn't anyone that I would have wanted on my team more. Someone that wanted to run me over all the time. I had so many chances to get around me. I knew he was going to hit me. I think he knew I was going to hit him, and no one ever backed down. How do you play that many games and play such a tough, hard physical style? You as a leader, when you see it. After a hard day's work, sometimes you just want to relax and watch some television. But the show you want to watch isn't on TV anymore. Well, now you can relive your favorite television episodes again and again, such as the Dukes of Hazard. In fact, if you act now, you can get the complete first season of Bo and Luke Duke's adventures as they fight the system of Hazard County. So act now, because this deal won't last long, and once they're gone, they're gone. I'd like to call on Dustin Brown instead. Not myself. 
how much the LA Kings and the Los Angeles area to my family now during our time. And the shadow of New York City arrived to the newcomers and left his family. Thank you, Los Angeles, for your welcoming spirit and generous hospitality. I guess I'll move on to Dustin now. Um, one of my favorite things about hockey players is they don't pay much attention. Most nights, we'd rather just get on with the game. But we do appreciate some special moments along the way. So sorry, Dustin, you're going to have to ride the pine for a little bit. Pride, action, and power was the king's slogan when I arrived here in 2009. But when you think about it, it sounds like the three adjectives I've used to describe his career. Proud. As shown through his professionalism on and off the ice. To play relentlessly with all his heart to lead this franchise to new heights. And finally, the power that we all remember Dustin playing with, whether it be his goals or bullying his way to the net with people all over him. His helmet was practically on sideways, small to contact. Right? He was power personified. I just want to remember that John Sidney in the first round of the 2012 playoff final. One of those signature power moments. It's a moment that's stuck in my mind as different. The Sidney twins almost never took big hits. And what a different season it turned out to be as our group went on to win the first Stanley Cup in franchise history. Knowing my incredible image, another personal sort of dusting moment was his water bottle sale. Even though there's a statue of Dustin out in front of this arena, he never thought himself different from any of his teammates over the years. Just like most players, you just want to be good team by doing a job well, while also being part of something bigger that is bigger than yourself. Sounds like Brownie to me. Almost remember the course of the game, the season, or a playoff series. And those are all fantastic. But as a teammate, you're That's uh, Rob Skidari speaking for Dustin Brown, Brownie as he called him. And you can see the full ceremony on the LA Kings YouTube channel. The link will be in the description of this episode. We are going to come back to it for Dustin's speech and his 
Jersey rising to the Raptors of Crypto.com Arena, where it now hangs. But we do have some business to get to. So without further ado, we are going to switch gears and go to the post game recap with who we are going to hear from. We're going to start, since we don't have any post game from LA, we're going to start with player Ricard Raquel. That will lead us to Mike Sullivan, Sid, and then Tanger. So ladies and gentlemen, before we bring you the shake of the game, Penguins fans, give it up. Give it up for Ricard Raquel. Here he is speaking to the media after the game that unfortunately didn't go our way. has a really good relationship together for a long time and went through a lot together um as well as everybody else that was up there so um you know i was thankful that Sully and Hexie and the guys here were we're, we're good with, the, with me going up there and uh you know, it was really special for myself to be a part of it so. what do you recall what do you guys were both part of the draft class the draft year do you remember him like as an 18 year old yeah yeah i mean we played against each other a lot in the OHL and whatnot um honestly he, Played the same way uh, back then that he did right till, till his last game. So, um, just a special player and an even better person. Listen to him talk up there today, his speech. It's uh, uh, he's an amazing, amazing human being. So, seems like he's going to be the first of sort of the core four, Quickie, uh, Dewey, and then, and then Kobe. Yeah. It's kind of hard to separate the four of them and, and what they meant to, to that run. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, they all, uh, they all, Hold their weight, and then uh, you know so those guys are still doing it now to this day. So, um, you know, Brownie was just the, the first of many to come here for sure. What do you such a nice work? Things are running. You guys feel like you got off at a start. You wanted to get off considering what you guys performed last night. Yeah, you know what? I thought we had an okay start. Um, you know, they got those first couple there, and I think guys no ball for us. We couldn't catch up. Um, you know, there are areas that we definitely need to clean up. I think you, know, you play a team like the Kings, the way they play and how structured they are and uh, defensive-minded. Uh, you play a team like that, it's things aren't going your way. Frustration is set in pretty quick. And I think uh, I've seen a little bit, a bit of that tonight, um, you know, more so in the second period than obviously in the third. But, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, we haven't really had a chance to talk to you. Question. It's the Colorado game. Sorry for going back a few games, but the Colorado, McCarr was pretty upset with it. Can you talk about what you saw and what was going through your... Did you watch it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the puck was behind the net. I was tracking the puck. He hits it out of the air. I turn to the puck. He turns to the puck. Unfortunately, I clipped his shoulder, chin, whatever it is. Um, 
if you watch the video, I'm literally talking about the whole time. Um, I don't know what else you want to say. Thank you, All right, Mike Sullivan, Sid, and Tanger coming up. But right now, we are going to do the shake of the game. Again, Mike Sullivan, Sidney Crosby, and Tanger are coming up next. But right now, let's do the shake of the game. So after this drop, we will bring you the recipients of the shake of the game. As another back-to-back -back for the Penguins has come and gone. They win, they win last night. They win Friday night, excuse me against Anaheim 6-3. They fall last night as we record this podcast on Sunday, February 12, 2023. They, they fall on Saturday, February 11, 2023 at Crypto.com Arena 6-0 over the Los Angeles Kings. And we are going to give you the shake of the game after this drop. The shake of the game is inspired by number 59 of your Pittsburgh Penguins, Jake Gensel and his Milkshake Factory ad. Remember, Pittsburgh Penguins fans, whenever Jake scores, Despite the outcome of the hockey game, you receive half of Jake the Shake at the Milkshake Factory at your local Pittsburgh Penguins Milkshake Factory dealers the day after the game. Just mention this offer at checkout and keep your eyes on the puck during every Penguins game because when Jake scores, next day you receive half off Jake the Shake at the Milkshake Factory. Now, back to the Sports for Beginners podcast studio. Here is your host, Scott McGregor. That's myself. And again, as I mentioned, we are going to bring you head coach Mike Sullivan, Sidney Crosby, and Christopher Latang. They are coming up, but right now, as we get ready to hear from the head coach of your Pittsburgh Penguins, Mr. Mike Sullivan, we're going to do our shake of the game, where we're going to give out one recipient to eat one, one shake of the game, I should say, to each player. The first one is going to go on LA's side, and it is going to go to their goaltender, Phoenix Copley. Absolutely dominate out there tonight. Even though we're recording this the night after the game. 25 saves on 25 Penguin shots. For a save percentage of 1,060 minutes played, no goals allowed. Phoenix Copley was so good. I honestly can't tell you how good he was because he was just that damn good tonight. 
as we record this podcast the night after the game. Quick thing I want to do before we get to the second and final recipient of the shake of the game is I want to give you who did not play in this game. Gabriel Gabriel Velardi, Brendan Lemieux, and Jacob Moravrier were not playing in this game for L.A. They were some, they were scratched for this game. They did not play. Christopher Letang did not play last night when the Penguins played the when the Penguins played the Ducks on the Friday night. But he did, but he did play tonight. Scratches noted for the Penguins: Chad Ruedel, Drew O'Connor, and Dan- and Danton Heinen. Speaking of the Penguins, we have a shake of the game to get to. For the game pucks of the game, we are going to do two game pucks of the game for each team. For the shake of the game, the the only recipient of it for the Pittsburgh Penguins is going to be I guess, I guess, I guess I'm getting, I guess it's Mark Friedman. Minus two, no goals, no assists, three shots on goal for him. No penalty minutes, one hit, one hit, one hit, two blocks, 12 minutes and 26 seconds on the ice for Mark Friedman. Total. No hit, no giveaways, and no takeaways for Mark Friedman. I mean, this game was just not a good night for the Penguins. Again, Dustin Tokarski comes in, gives up three goals, makes 13 saves on 16 shots he faces. Save percentage is 8-13 for 37 minutes played. Casey DeSmith played only 21 minutes. His save percentage is 800. He led in three goals on 12 saves and 15 shots. All right. So, interesting that we gave the rookie a chance. I would I would have given him a chance out right out of the gate. I I I I wouldn't have started. Casey the Smith, but if you're confident, but if you're confident that KC can be, or if you, or if, or if the plan was eventually to bring in Dustin, I'd say it went, it went pretty well. Game pucks of the game, two recipients for the Penguins, two recipients for the Kings coming up. More from the ceremony when we go to our next break. But right now, let's hear from your head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Mr. Mike Sullivan. Mike, you've got the floor. Thank you, Governor. 
Yeah, I thought we had a really good first. You know, I thought we came out with a lot of energy. Uh, we were trying to play quick, but we made good decisions for the most part. We fought on the wrong side of the score, but I thought this period was a, was a good period for us. Got that third goal early in the second. There are a lot of the same intangibles that you like going through Anaheim and for that against Colorado. In the first, I, I thought, yeah, I thought we brought the right mindset. Thought we brought the right, uh, the right energy. You know, the intentions were there. Really good looks early in the period. Yeah, it's, um, I don't think that was the case. I, you know, we, we got on the wrong side of the sport tonight. It got away from us. But it, like I said, I, I thought, uh, you know, the start of the game, the first period, I thought we played really well. And it just fell away from us as the game went on. And that, that's on all of us. We got a better job bringing a little more. Okay. It's only been tossed a couple of times in this period. If you get an explanation for why he was, he seemed a little bit that he was thrown out. Did you inquire or? No. At the, the score at the time? Or? No, I don't think, uh, I don't think Garrett had any interest in uh, Sid and Tanger coming up. But before we send you back to the ceremony before the game, it's time now for the game pucks of the game. So our first two recipients are from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the first recipient is a man that you that you might hear from when we take our break. Again, we were we were listening to Rob Skidari, Rob Skidari speak, and one of his teammates, Jeff Carter, is a recipient of a game puck of the game. No goals for Jeff. No assists. No plus minus. Two shots on goal. No penalty minutes for Jeff. One hit, no blocks, 12 minutes and 32 seconds total ice time. No giveaways or takeaways. And your second recipient is the rookie goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Dustin Tokarski. Three goals given up. 13 saves, 16 shots he faced, 8-13, a save percentage, 37 minutes played. It's tough to come in, especially when you have to come in for a guy that played the other night, or rather last night, I should say, because we're recapping now Saturday night's action from the Friday night when Casey DeSmith was good. Your game pucks of the game? Well, for LA, well, I gave a shake of the game to the goaltender. 
And I'm going to give a game puck of the game to their goaltender, Phoenix Copley. As he made, again, 25 saves on 25 Penguin shots. Save percentage of 1,000. 60 minutes played. The second recipient of a game puck of the game, Adrian Kempe. Four goals, no assists, plus two, seven shots on goal for Adrian Kempe. Four of those seven shots being goals. Two penalty minutes for Adrian Kempe. One hit, no blocks, 17 minutes and 45 seconds on the ice for him total. No goal. Sorry, no no giveaways and no takeaways. And with that, it is time for one of our next breaks. So, as we send you back to... As we send you back over to more of the ceremony from number... 23, getting retired. We send you back over to LA Kings YouTube for more from the ceremony before the game. Sidney Crosby and Christopher Latang left to hear from. And we do the look ahead when we continue. You are listening to Dustin Brown, number 23, King's Legend Retirement Jersey to the Raptors edition of Penguins Recap. on the Sports for Beginners podcast. To learn more about upcoming episodes for Sports for Beginners, the podcast, and shows and schedules, please visit https colon slash slash sportsforbeginners0.wordpress.com. Brothers better than most people. I've always seen Dustin as quiet, quirky, tough, funny, and smart ish. And most importantly, a caring family man to his wife, Nicole, and their four children. Whether it be taking them to school, sports, activities, or whatever else they're into, Dustin was a good participating father. Off the ice, Dustin and I shared a common love of In-N-Out Burger and ice cream. Dustin and Nicole had my family and I over many times as we lived 50 yards from each other. Our children of similar age hanging out as we enjoyed a simple dinner or a fire pit on a beautiful Southern California evening. 
It's the privilege of being part of your teammates' life away from the rink. I'd like to finish with this. Shortly after being drafted, Dustin said he wanted to be the first LA King to lift the Stanley Cup. Where else but LA to a strip like that come together? So, Brownie, congratulations on a storybook hockey career. I'm just glad I got to be in a few chapters. You know, I think, as, you know, I think as much as Dustin's grown on the ice over the past 18 years, the way that he's grown off the ice in terms of being a dad has been even more impactful to, to me, to us. <laughs> he always shows up on or off the ice. That is kind of core to who he is. He loves his family, loves the Kings, and, like, he's always going to show up for those people. He takes care of our family, the way that he engages with our kids, tries to be there as much as he can. That was something that I definitely looked up to him for. Being involved in the community, putting other people first, and then being such a big family guy, but a great dad, great husband. I'm not the same as Brownie, but try it. <laughs> The smile that he had on his face. You know, deep down, he was having fun doing it. I think he created some great characteristics for his young kids to be able to carry on and a legacy that he left for a lot of people. I always say to our kids, I'm like, you guys realize how lucky you are? You have like really young, cool parents. And they're like, well, dad's cool, but you're not so cool. Are you looking for excellent sports content from media and fan perspectives alike? Check out All Over the Map with me, Ali Musa, where we discuss anything and everything in the world of sports media and beyond. We will even feature non-sports broadcasters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, please visit HTTP colon slash slash alitechgroup.wordpress.com Now it's time we'd like to accept Nicole's children to stand. Dad, we are all so proud of you and everything you've accomplished. We all love you so much, and we love that you're home all the time now. Short and sweet. Makings of a future captain. And now please welcome once again a member of both Stanley Cup winning teams, Defenseman Matt Green. Hi.
Uh, <laughs> first met Dustin 20 years ago at an airport in Boston on our way to the World Junior Tournament. Our flight had been delayed. We had about a few hours to get to know each other. We introduced ourselves and right away asked, so do you like card tricks? The answer was, sure. He whipped out a deck of cards and showed me a few basic tricks, the kind of stuff you might use to entertain a small child. I was like, right on, man. Very cool. Then he pulled out a DVD player, tossed on his headphones, and left me thinking two things. One, what the hell just happened? Two, I like this guy. Kind of quiet. Okay, okay. So, welcome back into the studio. It's Scott McGregor, Christopher Latang, and of course... Sidney Crosby is coming up. This right here, by the way, is teammate of Dustin Brown's Matt Green that you are hearing from. And as we wrap up, we're actually going to wrap up after hearing from Sid and Latang. So, Sidney Crosby is on the way right now. We're going to hear from him and Latang. And then after doing the look ahead, we are going to send you back for the final moment of number 23 getting retired and the jersey of Dustin Brown headed to the Raptors where it now stands at crypto.com arena again I said crypto.com arena that is where number 23 that is where all of the numbers mentioned earlier on in the show as we've been able to show you clips. Or rather, a couple of things that went down during the ceremony. It is where a couple of numbers, including Dustin's number 23, now hang above the arena right now let's hear from Sid after this game talking about his way to the bottom yeah he's, I mean I can tell he was saying something or what Far from each other's side, got closer. Be you know, often a lot of scrums that happens. And, you know, I, I honestly. What night overall? Yeah, I thought, you know, we had to start um, you know, down to give it up. Uh, you get a chance, I think, overall, but. Yeah. 
others, you know, I think it was Anderson saying something to me. So him and I kind of exchanged words and that. Next thing I know is all I got time to just and can I really say what I think anyway? I mean, let's be honest here. So, Tanger coming up, but before we get to Tanger, we are going to look ahead and we're going to start with the LA Kings. So, the game pucks of the game are out of the way. This is the final segment, the opening segment, introduction, and and of course, middle segment, all with some parts of the Dustin Brown ceremony in between, are now on as we speak, as we are recording this recap, the Edmonton Oilers and the Montreal Canadiens are in action. If you love the Seattle Kraken and the Philadelphia Flyers, stay tuned because at the time the Ducks and the at the time the Ducks and the Golden Knights get going, we will be bringing you or sorry, just moments after the Ducks and the Golden Knights get going, we will be bringing you the recap of Kraken and Philadelphia. That game goes very soon. They will drop the puck very, very soon. Tanger is coming up. But first, Penguins lose it 6-0 on Dustin Brown retirement day. It is the retirement of his jersey. And for the LA Kings, they will have one more home game right now following their road game against the Hurricanes that they lost 5-4 to four in overtime. They defeated the Penguins 6-0. Last night, as we record this podcast again on Sunday, February 12th, 2023. Up next, the Kings will play on Monday at 1030. You can see it on Sportsnet. The Sabres will be the opponent. They battle the Kings at 1030 on Sportsnet. They will then battle the Anaheim Ducks in Anaheim at 9 p.m. on February 17th. February 18th, they battle the Coyotes back in L.A. at 10.30. At 8 o'clock on February 21st, they will battle in Minnesota. and then. At, and then February 23rd, they battle the Devils in New Jersey. So the Kings have a couple of games, great games coming up 
before we get to the look ahead for the Penguins, I promised you Christopher Latang, and I'm going to keep that promise. So here is Tanger postgame after the 6-0 loss to the Kings. I, I thought I thought we started pretty well. I, I thought the first period carried um, most of the play and but didn't go our way. But I, I, I think, you know, some, some night goes like that and uh, you can get discouraged. You, you want to stay in the fight the score where it is to, to give your yourself a chance to win um when you kind of get down and and you allow them to, to keep the momentum and, and score a couple goals on the power play that hurts when did you know you'd be able to fight uh this morning uh, after i skated is, is there any concern like sid ended up sticking up for himself after you know he got that cross check in the third period you know, nobody stepped in to, to defend him. I mean, I, I, I didn't step in. I have to see it again. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, every time you some, somebody gets a cheap shot like this, um, you know, I have to step up and, and uh, answer. You know. Indeed. 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 Okay, that does it for post-game reactions only from the Penguins. We did not get any LA Kings, but we've got something better, and we're going to get back to that as we continue to hear from Matt Green and the rest of those that were able to speak, including Dustin. This is the ceremony that you can see in full on the LA Kings YouTube channel. A link to the channel will be in the description of this episode. But as we wrap up here, next up for the Penguins, what's next up? Well, they've got a back-to-back -back coming up. But first, two days off including tonight, including today, I should say. And they will battle the Sharks Tuesday night at 10.30, trying to avoid getting swept. And they, again, they battle the Sharks 10.30 Eastern. You can see it on, you can hear it on Sportsnet Now if you've got the premium, if you've got Sportsnet Now Premium. You can listen to it on the Sharks Radio, on the Sharks Radio Network. And the pregame show, if you're listening for Pitts, if Pittsburgh Penguins fans are listening to the Penguins Radio Network, the pregame show with Paul Staggerwald and Colby Armstrong is at 9.30. 10.30 is the puck is puck drop. It's the Sharks and the Penguins Tuesday night from San Jose. 
We hope you enjoyed that one because uh, you can see this one on Sportsnet 1, February 17th. It's the Islanders and the Penguins in Long Island at 7 p.m. We will do more recaps for those games, including the Sharks game. We are going to do a recap for the Sharks game. That will be after the game on Wednesday. If we get if we get around to doing it, we will do a show for that. Recap that game. Have post-game reactions from Mike Sullivan and players of the Penguins, including maybe the Sharks. We'll see. The Islanders play the Penguins on the Friday, the 17th at 7 p.m. Sportsnet 1 is where you can catch it on TV. Listen to it on the Penguins Radio Network. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeartRadio station, 105.9 X. Your home of the pens and the best pens coverage. Or you can listen to it on the New York Islanders. Yes, the New York Islanders radio network. The Penguins are back in the Berg to play the Devils on the Saturday night. 5.30 p.m. is the start time. And then the, and then the Islanders will be back in Pittsburgh to play the Penguins. 7 o'clock puck drop there 5 30 and 7 o'clock puck drops in pittsburgh are not available on sportsnet they will be so if you are listening on the radio network pregame i believe will be for the penguins at 7 sorry 6 p.m eastern for penguins and the islanders both games both in long island and in Pittsburgh pregame show for the pregame show for the Devils and the Pens. Well, possibly could be possibly four thirty, or about, or about maybe, or about maybe maybe four o'clock. We'll see. Again, it's on the Penguins Radio Network. And then Connor McDavid on the 23rd of February to wrap it up. And the Oilers are in the Berg. The Oilers and Connor McDavid are in the Berg on February 25th. Sorry, 23rd for a 7 o'clock puck drop. All right, everybody, that does it for this edition of Penguins Recap on the Sports for Beginners podcast. But as we wrap up, we are going to send you back out to the Pittsburgh.
Berg Penguins and LA Kings ceremony before the game. And as we do that, before we do it, I want to remind you that it is not goodbye. It is until next time. And I also want to say that you've just listened to Pittsburgh Penguins Hockey on the Sports for Beginners podcast. I am your, and I am your host, Scott McGregor. And until then, Penguins fans, we will talk to you after the next Pens game. So long for now. Here is the remainder of the opening ceremony before the Pens and the Kings took to battle last night in L.A. Enjoy. Tournament starts, and I'm not sure I heard Brownie say another word. A week in the tournament, we had a chance to change cities. So we hop on a charter flight, Slovakian team we played earlier in the day. The teams are separated, but half an hour into the flight, I hear the Slovakians erupt in amazement. I look up, Brownie has crossed over to their side to blow their minds with this magic. He's pulling out every trick in his bag, at least a dozen more than I had seen. That's when I realized Brownie isn't quiet or shy. He just didn't like me. Afraid to be himself. I'm sorry. Dustin has always been his own man. He's never been afraid to be himself and walk his own path. I admire him for that. Being committed to Cole in their teens and starting a family in their early 20s, it was no surprise when he was named the youngest captain in King's history. He had his priorities in order and was ready, mature enough to take on the pressure and responsibility to represent the team and the organization as a whole. As his teammate, I am thrilled for him to receive these honors. Everyone here knows about the Stanley Cups, the individual awards, the big goals, and the bigger hits. What makes us as teammates proud is seeing the effort and sacrifice behind closed doors that made it possible. In 18 seasons, Brownie played in 90% of possible regular season games. And 100% of the playoff games. Never saw a player take more abuse on the ice, only to come back and dish out far more than he received. Playing with that punishing style on both sides of the puck was inspiring and sometimes downright scary. He played hurt a lot and never said a word about it. Never made excuses if his production or his speed was off. Just suited up and went out and gave it all again the next night. That is a cap. I'll close my favorite memory of playing with Brownie. 
It was 2013 and 14 against Chicago at home in the playoffs. It was late in the second period. Brownie and I were both on the ice, and the Hawks were flying. They had us running around our zone, I ice puck. They sent out their collection of future Hall of Famers, and we weathered the storm again. But the puck never left our zone until we were finally able to ice it down again. By now, all of us were absolutely gassed. Before the next faceoff, Brownie comes into the huddle, helmet on sideways, leaning over on his knees, sucking wind any way he can get it. He looks at us and he says, rim it. We win the draw, I throw it up the wall, and I hear what sounds like a car crash. I look up just in time to see Brownie parallel the ice, above the dasher, and some poor Blackhawk defenseman flat on his back. Puck finally bounced down out of their end, giving us a chance to get fresh bodies on the ice. And that was Brownie. When he was tired, beat up, that we needed to play, he called his own number and got it done. Justin, thank you for being your teammate and leader. Thank you more for being my friend. You see what he's been able to do throughout his career and you know how he conducts himself. That's that's as a young guy, I looked up to and I said, I gotta be like Dustin Brown every day. Kind of leader leads by example, but he also leads with uh, leads with force. He's not a raw raw guy. He's a lead by example guy. He just he comes in, he, he shows up, and he works. You know exactly what you're getting from him every day. Speaks for himself. He was a great leader, captain, first guy to touch the Stanley Cup for the Kings. But I mean, just just his off ice every day coming in, same grind. We pushed him. Two on three, Dustin Brown said, I'm going to have my repair problems for me right now. Because you don't think like that. You think I want to play in the NHL. It's my dream. I want to play as long as I can. I want to win. I think I speak on behalf of all Kings fans. What you and your teammates accomplished in your 18 seasons as a King have made us all hold our heads up a little higher and walk a little prouder. Ladies and gentlemen, to the podium, man of the hour, the captain of the Kings' first two Stanley Cup championship teams. Tonight's honoree, number 
Here. I want to thank Scott and Greener for your words tonight. It really means a lot for having you here speaking for me. I want to thank both teams here for their patience. I know as a player, nights like this can be for the work you guys got to do. Specifically, the pens for bringing Jeff Carver and everyone has. Well, my story started out like every hockey player with a dream of playing in the NHL. And winning the Stanley Cup. I remember having this dream when I was about five or six, and growing up, I played it out hundreds, if not thousands, of times with my older brother Brandon. So as I stand here today with my number being retired, I realize it's not just a number, but a name that's going up with it. And that represents not just myself, but my friends and family have supported me from the very beginning. To them, I want to say thank you. To you people, mom, dad. You both sacrificed so much so I could play hockey. As one of five children, it was hard to get us where we needed to be, but we put over 200,000 miles on that Zuzu Trooper, never missing a game being driven all over New York. As thankful as I am for those sacrifices, something else more stands out in my mind. As a young kid, you held no expectation for me. other than having fun and working hard. It works because I love playing the game. It also helped Dad that you can't even skate. But you both showed me what hard work was and it remains the most significant gift you have given me. Outside of my family, I had a great support system as well. And it started with my youth coach, Tom Benetteran. He taught me the fundamentals of the game, but what is remarkable is he coached me in a way that made me fall in love with the game every day. He and numerous other coaches gave me the tools to go beyond our little town of Ithaca, New York. To help navigate the next stage of my hockey career, I'd like to thank my agent, Scott Norton, and my phantom coach, Jeff Schramm. I appreciate your guys' help. Honestly, I didn't even know what the Ontario Hockey League was. One month later, I got drafted by the Gulf Storm in the second round. And Scott, I still contend that the hardest negotiation you have ever had on my behalf was with my mom, convincing her to let me go play there. Leaving home at 15 was hard. The move was made more comfortable because the Gulf Storm are a great organization, but more directly because Paul and Susan Osborne, they billed me for the three years I played there. Paul is here tonight, so thank you. You warmly opened your home up to me while raising three of your own children, one of which would not sit at the dinner table with dinner table with me for the first three months. First, sorry, for the first month I lived with you. Sorry, Anna, I was hungry. On June twenty first, two thousand three, the Kings strapped me by none other than Dave Taylor, whose number whose number eighteen is proudly hanging in the rafters. Dave defined this team across multiple decades, and he is the common thread between all the retired numbers hanging up there. 
all of which have impacted this team. Rogie and Marcel made LA a hockey town in the 70s. They were the first real superstars to play here. Gretzky, who was my hero growing up, but more changed the hockey landscape in California. Results of what you can see on our current roster with the likes of Trevor Moore, a native of California. Then there's Luke and Blakey, both Hall of Famers, whom I've had the privilege to play and learn from early in my career, but who have both continued to help me become a better player until the day I retired. Every number hanging up there has made its mark on this team's history and DNA. It is my honor to join them. Getting drafted was the easy part. Learning how to play in the NHL is an entirely different challenge, one that I couldn't tackle by myself. I arrived in LA as an 18-year-old kid who knew nothing. Hell, the first game I ever played here, I did not know there was parking underneath for the players. So I just parked outside in a random lot and paid the $20. So I can only imagine where my career could have gone if it weren't for two teammates. Matthias Nordstrom, who's here tonight. McGeehan LaPerriere. These guys looked out for me. They encouraged me to be myself. But as any King fan knows, they played the game hard every night. They were great role models for me. And I am so lucky to have had them as teammates in the earliest stages of my career or they shaped my idea of what it took to be an NHLer, but more importantly, what it meant to be a king. With their help, I went from a young player trying to make, make a name for myself to a player trying to make a name for this team. That's where Dean Lombardi came in. He had a plan. He put the puzzle together to form a championship team from the right players to the right coaches. For me, the biggest thing Dean did was he got us to believe we're all leaders, and thus we all became leaders. It's what made us a great team. So to Dean, thank you for believing in us. It helped us believe in ourselves. I'm lucky enough to have some of those teammates and leaders with the hippie here tonight. Cards. We became teammates in 2012, and it was finally nice to play with you after playing against you for the previous 12 years, dating back to our junior days. Our careers have paralleled each other for over 20 years. We got to win together, which is so nice. They're so special. We also got named Big Shots together, which is something I think we both treasure more than we probably should. Stoli and Greener. When we traded for you in 2008, it was the turning point for our team. As a young captain, you two helped me more than you will ever know. Behind the scenes, you took so much pressure off me, which allowed me to lead in my own way. Ah. Sorry. I mean, you were the glue that kept us all together, and I'm so thankful to have had you both by my sides. Flaps out. Flaps out slowly. Drew? I had the comedic pleasure of being your first and only roommate. We had a lot of laughs and even more desserts than I can count in those early days. 
course, I got to watch you become grow into one of the best defensemen of a generation. But what I cherish more than anything else is the hours upon hours we've got to spend together on the road. You have given me enough material to laugh just a little bit every day for the rest of my life. Quickie, you were the the backbone of our championship teams. You gave us the compass to win games one nothing. And that might sound like a joke, but it's the reality when you earn our net. Your competitive nature permeated our team's culture, and it took us to new heights. Kobe, my brother. When the Kings drafted you in 2005, it put us on a path to grow and play together over the next two decades. We had instant chemistry both on and off the ice. And as I jokingly take credit for your first NHL goal, I know when it came to you and me, it never mattered who got the credit that we've been doing it together our whole careers. There were some also there were also some big parts of my team that were not on the ice with me, but who made it fun, especially on the hard days. First is my trainer, Chad Morrow, or as I call him, Big Bear. You worked with me off the ice year after year, adapting as needed, making sure I was prepared ready to go. More than anything, you've made it fun for me, which allowed me to do it for far longer than I ever imagined. Dana Bryson, we grew up in fleet together. Through all the laces, laughs, and the pure drudgery, we always had a blast. Sometimes we would even have the most fun on the worst days, which does not make any sense, unless you know Frank Bryson. Frank, I don't know when I first met you, but you'd always come around at the right moment and pull us out of that drudgery, and it helps more than you know. Range, well, you're the best equipment man in sports. For the last 15 years, I, along with hundreds of other players, has, have asked for numerous different things, some big, some small, and some definitely stupid. But the answer is always yes, whatever you need. I know you thought I was crazy when I wanted to change all of my gear before the 2014 playoffs. But the fact of the matter is you helped me do it. And 2014 ended pretty well for us. Here, I broke most, if not all, of your equipment over the years. And I'm sorry for all of it, except the knee braces. But regardless of our battles we had, you were always my first call for me and my family. Whether it was a Snickers bar for me or an ankle boot for Cooper, I knew you always had my family's best interests at heart. So quoting my daughter, Mackenzie, thanks, Kinger man. Many more people have impacted this team in my career. There's not enough time to express how I truly feel. Still, if I could say anything about all these people, I am most thankful for the journey we share, the bonds we forge, and the memories that last me a lifetime. And to everyone else, if you hold me in any regard, it is said that leaders can be magnified or diminished 
by the qualities of those around them. It's clear I was magnified by those around me. The lessons of losing in the playoffs ran through the 11 12 season with the right mindset. It was a year none of us could have predicted. This brings me back to the story's beginning, which started with a dream to win the Stanley Cup. In one moment, 21 men who had poured their hearts and souls into the previous 10 months, and to some extent, our entire lives, accomplished something we had only dreamed of. We were all just little kids replaying a dream. When I look back at that moment, it is clear to me, the more we loved each other, the better we played. And the better we played, the more we loved each other. Moments after winning, with every look and every embrace, I could see what I was feeling being reflected by me, back to me, by every single person who had worked for that moment. To share that with them is the one thing that exceeded every dream I ever had growing up. In the immediate aftermath of winning, it was impossible to see the broader impacts of that moment on people outside of that group. Some of you have been fans long before I arrived. Others have only known a Kings team but me as a part of it. Whichever is the case, it has been so amazing to play in front of you all for nearly two decades. On June 11, 2012, I became the first king to lift the Stanley Cup. Time is a great teacher. A decade later, I know it wasn't just my dream. It was every king's fan's dream. In accomplishing our dream in front of you on home ice is something that we will share for the rest of our lives. Thank you for all the love and support you have given me and this team dating back to 1967. Now, everything I just said, multiply it by two for the 2014 season. This was all made possible because of two people, and that's Mr. and Mrs. Anschutz. Growing up within this organization, I've witnessed how lucky we are to have owners like you. First, you were patient. You gave us the time to learn and grow. You gave us all the resources we needed, no matter what it was, that made us a better team. The answer was yes. But more, I want to thank you for opening your hearts to my family. Whenever I would see you at the game, it was always, how's Nicole? How are the kids? How are you? And when things got tough for me, I always felt I had your support. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to fulfill my dreams. If playing in this league has taught me anything, it's how to deal with adversity. Throughout my 18 years, I experienced the highest highs the lowest of lows. Looking back now, I'm better for having gone through it than not, even though, even though it didn't feel that way at the time. Throughout my career, I had all my teammates who had my back. These experiences gave me the confidence to grow, to go back into our locker room with my head held high, become a better teammate. See or no see, I always wanted to be a king.
I always wanted to retire a king. So as I stand here today, my jersey being raised for Raptors, my only hope that is that in the future, when you look up and see it hanging there, you think not of my achievements, but of our achievements. We built a team and a culture which set the new standard for this organization. And as proud of I am, as, and as proud as I am of tonight, and everything that it represents, I remain most proud of the banners we raised without my number on it. It is surreal for me to stand here in front of all of you for this moment. But as this chapter closes, it has dawned on me that something more exciting lies in my future. My four kids. Jake, Mason, Cooper, Kenzie. You watched me live out my dreams. But as a parent, the one thing better than that is watching you chase yours. I'm so excited to be there for you because you've been there for me all throughout my career. And wherever your dreams may take you, I will be there to cheer you on. You are all so amazing, and I'm so very proud. The woman behind the number, Nicole. You are more than my wife. You are my person. We met of all places at a hockey tournament when we were 15. And to everybody who helped bring two Stanley Cups to this organization, I want to thank you immensely. Or if history had been different and we had never won, I'd be hearing about the two national championships she won. And I'd be hearing about it every single day. Now she just says we're tied. She is a fireball, but she is my fireball. You were always honest with me about how I played, which didn't make the car rides home after the games very enjoyable, but they made me better. You sacrificed more than anybody. You always came second as the demands of the game would always take my focus, time, and energy away from you and the kids. You did everything for our family so I could be the best I could be. And you did this all without complaint. I know I would not be standing here today if it weren't for you standing by my side for the last 23 years. You're an amazing woman, and I feel like the luckiest man on the planet because you were by my side. Through it all, my one constant was you. You kept me going, and I love you so very much. I am so grateful to be part of the King's family, to be forever a king. Thank you. We ask that Dustin, Nicole, and the children please move to the north end of the arena.
ladies and gentlemen, these fans, joining the likes of Miller, Lashon, Dion, Taylor, Gretzky, Robitaille, and Blake, we now present the seventh number to be retired in franchise history. Dustin Brown's number 23. And now we would ask that Dustin, Nicole, and the kids please return to the podium. And we have a special speaker to end it off. Current Kings Captain Andrzej Kopitar. Ronnie, this is going to be short and sweet. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations. Um, there's no other words, but you're a big man. You're a great person, and uh, it shows on and off the ice. Congratulations to you, your family, Nicole, obviously, kiddos, mom and dad. Um, and second of all, thank you. Thank you for everything you did for this franchise, everything you did for this city. And selfishly speaking, thank you for being a great friend and my brother. With that being said, we all need you to do something. So if you want to take your coat off, please, and put this jersey on. Still, look good, so good. Still looks good on you, I got to say. But there's one thing we're missing right now. And now the iconic words from the late, great David Courtney. Ladies and gentlemen, the Stanley Cup. X right next to us here on the podium is, is the spot where you lifted it for the very first time in King's history. And pretty sure you know what to do.
thank you for tuning in to Sports for Beginners, the podcast with your host, Scott McGregor. For the post-game show slash pre-game show, which always comes before the post-game show. Now remember, fans, follow us on Facebook at our Facebook page, HTTPS colon slash slash www.facebook.com slash sports four beginners podcast. Send a message to anchor.fm slash scott-mcgregor-sports and follow Scott at scottmcgregor3 on Twitter. Let us know what you think about the show. A rating and a review would be nice. But thank you once again for joining us on this podcast for the post-game show. And remember, before the puck drops, before they kick off, before they tip off, before they throw the first pitch, we bring to you the pregame show on Sports for Beginners, the podcast.